Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast, but this is actually part two with my good friend Alex Malinkovic, who is subbing in for Jordan. Jordan is very busy. He's doing shows all over the country. I think he's in WA right now. He's busy with the upcoming election. Uh, if you didn't listen to part one, came out last week, go check that one out. And we talked about, uh, what do we talked about? Wogs, basically. Wogs a lot. Yeah, we talked about uh, a lot of ethnic stuff. Wogs woke and meaning so just your standard dude bro podcast uh this is part two and we get we get pretty deep here we we talk about some deeper meaningful things but uh before we get into this this podcast is sponsored by crush organics go to crushorganics.com crush with a k you'll get a huge range of cbd oil and other cbd products i use the platinum oil i love it helps me sleep alleviates all the tension the stress the anxiety so go to crushorganics.com use the code neil you get 40 percent off crush with a k uh users directed read the labels all of that jazz and enjoy part two Even in maps, you had your moments of um, to be. Fa- I mean, to be fair, there's a there's a girl who just sort of googled someone and had an only and she had an OnlyFans and shared the picture. <laughs> it's like these are, these are women in their late twenties. Like, what the fuck, no. man? It was bizarre. But um, yeah, there's always got to be some sort of controversy that that deals with political and cultural issues. You, you just can't escape it. But so I got a question for you. All right. So say you're yep. you're the head of Netflix. Do you yep. send that memo out at all? Well, like I said, man, you're in a rock and a hard place. You got to kind of come up with a strategy of like, all right, are we going to try to maintain our stranglehold as the big dog? But I think the market's changing. You got to just adapt and accept that. I don't think it's possible for Netflix to be that one place for streaming services. You, you almost no. have to except, all right, in this new marketplace where there's all these different streaming services, you, you're you probably better off going with a niche. What Disney Plus is, is going to be, um, is going to, what's going to keep it successful is the fact that it is it has a niche. It, it's If you've got a family, you get Disney Plus. Yes. And, you know, Stan, I guess, if you like Aussie stuff, you get Stan. <laughs> That's really, I, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what else you'd no get. No one really knows what's on Stan. <laughs> um, for Netflix, it was originally like the best original content and, you know, the highest quality shows. But now HBO Max is doing good things with Succession, right? Yeah, Binge. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, there's a, someone told me there's a really, really good show on Binge. I've, I've, I've mind blanked on it, but- Binge has a bunch of great shit. Okay. Binge, well, has, Binge has a lot of good stuff. Okay. Well, Netflix got to sort of accept- you know what? Are, what they got to find their? They got to be the ones finding their identity. Yeah. So if I was the CEO, I basically tell the shareholders, I'd tell everyone like, "Hey, we're still gonna have to. We're we're, we're too far gone. Like you can't. Yeah. All right, we'll keep the Dave Chappelle special. It's gonna cause way too much controversy to get rid of that. Mm. Don't book him for any more. <laughs> and we're gonna just have to go down this. Like our target demographic is is just spinsters it's like <laughs> women career women who didn't have kids <laughs> and like we're gonna cater to that and b- b- hey they got disposable income <laughs> we're gonna have premium sub- options we're gonna have all this like patreon like this kind of you know have high-end um subscription options <sighs> and then now gonna do this advertiser model have different tiers of subscription there maybe have something where they get like 
I don't know how they're going to do that, but I don't know, behind the scenes exclusives and just like really, you know, like they had a show with Obama hosting, <laughs> which was like, but that's what you, that's what they're going to, I think. Yeah, you want to lean into that. Dude, if I was a CEO, that's what I do. But I mean, because I just can't see how, I, I mean, look, maybe I'll eat my words in five years when everyone loves Netflix and it's not political and, you know, dudes love it, girls love it, but I just can't. I cannot see that happening, and I think they got to adapt. They got they, look; they'll take a hit, mm. but um, I think that's what they're going to have to do. And you know, maybe have an entirely new streaming service that is just for, you know, like compete with the Daily Wire. Like, hey, we got our Christian streaming service. It starts off small, but then find like niche audiences and get streaming services going. They've got enough capital to do that. Yeah, true. So that's what I do. That is, for, I mean, those are all great points. That feels like more than a five-year plan, my brother. That, you reckon? Yeah, I feel like that's going to take a second. Because I, I think, honestly, this is what it's going to take for Netflix. I genuinely think it's as simple as this. I think it is five really good shows. And I'll tell you what else. Get rid of binging. What do you mean get rid of- When they talk about uh, like- Because you, you know how Netflix will drop a show and it'll be the entire season? Why? It's like- You reckon? Because this is- it's like, If you look at like HBO, all these things, the, I think the reason their subscription rate never drops is because I have to fucking wait a week to see the next episode. Really? You re- but then eventually that show comes. It's all out. Sure. But then I have to wait till next year. You know what I mean? If I really liked it. Mm. Like, I think- there's something about it was really cool. I think that was a huge thing for Netflix at the beginning, which was we just binge the shows, and mm-hmm. then that turned into all right. Well, we need to make more shows for people to binge. But now it's like, how about get one good show under your belt, like one really, really good one, and just release the episodes weekly. This would be at least where I'm going with it so far, just so people have a reason to stick around. Yeah, I think that's the simplest form. It's like one good show, release episodes weekly, and people will probably stick around. I just think it's deeper than that because what they would consider a good show is all dependent on the people that are going to be making those content decisions oh, and there's a homogenous culture. True. Fire everyone Netflix. as well. That's also what I would <laughs> yeah. say. Fire if everyone, anything, start again. They need a, a diversity hiring process where their diversity is, hey, we need Republicans, we need conservatives, we need Christians, we need yeah. we need um, men who love sport. Yeah. We need these sorts of people making our marketing, in our marketing team, in our um, creative team, in our content team. The thing is those sorts of people usually don't get into media no so it's more like industries now uh have you know broken up in by culture yeah look look at comedy right we're the most right-wing dudes in comedy (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh dude i had a lady in the audience ask me if i was a right winger and i was like i was literally just talking about how i might be gay (laughs) (laughs) but it's just like it's it's yeah it's i mean the Overton window in comedy is, is is it's it's so far on the left that it's oh well that's the thing it's like if you have anything that even sort of has <laughs> words that sound because people don't listen yeah people are like what is that hey fucking they try, that's the thing I think it's like you trying to fucking say some shit you're like no no no, no, no I'm good that's most of comedy now it's like, whoa, whoa whoa I didn't mean that hey yeah but anyway um like uh, what. That's this comedy scene, but there are comedians now that are generating a lot of hype and buzz completely going against that. And, you know, I was at a show the other day and, um, you know, the comedian just mentioned cancel culture and people, fuck up, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff Straight like up. That. It, was, it was really intense, but it was good seeing, the, you know, the different um, people that exist in this case. Like, re- that's real diversity, right? Yeah. Oh, well, that's the thing. It's like there is no worse comedy audience than the people that are like, you can tell. It's like you guys are here because you want to be- like, oh, we're, 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 it's like, we're cool. We're hanging out. We're going out of the town. It's like, I want almost the guys, some, it's not you, but I want somewhere in between you and the guys at the RSL. So you know what I mean? You know, I couldn't agree more, man. Like, that is the perfect audience. It's like that right there where it's like you're just the average human being. Yeah. It's just those people, I think, rarely get out to comedy. Like, just local comedy. Because, again, I think it is a very left thing to be like, support local arts. It is. And it so, is. you end up getting a lot of people. It's like, but this one might not be for you. All the rooms are in the, the you know, the inner city affluent areas. That's a big problem. In Sydney. True. There's no rooms out in uh, the suburbs. In, so I don't sick. know what it's like in Brisbane, but in Melbourne, there's, I don't know any rooms out in the suburbs. It's all in that Directly kind of city, in the city area. So, um, when like the big guys do shows, that's when other people come out. There's a big, you know, people want to see good comedy in this oh, country. Dude. And great example, Joe Avardi, right? Yeah, he'll do RSLs in suburbs. He he knows what he's doing. But no one talks about Joe Avardi. I feel like no one gives him the respect he deserves. Oh, sometimes. That, well, he's one of the. He's. I think we, I was talking to another comedian about this. He's probably the third biggest in the country when you right? look at pure ticket sales. Dude, he just sold out. I found this out. He sold out the Palais Theatre twice in one day. That's 6,000 tickets. Yeah. And, and- No one talks about him. Well, okay. Let's- Let's talk about WOG comedy, man. Because that I would is love like to talk now about a very niche, successful brand of comedy that's completely separate- Yes. To the mainstream. And look, these guys, a lot of them, the at least the, the vanguard that, that sort of brought this to the fore in the 80s and 90s, they grew up in an Australia that probably were very cruel to them and bullied the fuck out of them. Yeah. And if, in theory, they should fit the mold of what the art scene is looking for. But you know what? It's their working class. They're crass. They're yeah. blue collar. They're um, unseemly. They're not, they're not, you know, palatable to that sort of affluent- Greens voting audience, they mm. say swear words. They yeah. talk about how their wife is annoying. They say the things that the other people don't want to hear. Mm. But they've carved a niche for themselves. And some of the ticket sales, I mean, look, you look at like Sushi Mango. Mm. Oh, insane. Sh- the, the sales. I saw them at the Edmore Theatre, sold out. That's hard to multiple, do. They sold out the arena here, I'm pretty sure. What? Yeah. And that's like, dude, Taylor Swift does that. The arena. Pre- I, don't uh, don't quote me on that, but I looked at it and I, I think I saw like they were at the I forget I, Kudos Bank or whatever. Like Holy that's when Chris Rock fuck. comes here. That's when Seinfeld comes here. They do, it's like ten thousand seats straight up, and I'm pretty sure they did that. Awesome. I'm pretty sure. And then like they do Margaret Court in Melbourne, and now they I got an email from um, the promoter. Mm. It's like hey, they're doing it. They're coming back because like because they. So in demand. Can can a- appeal to people that just everything that is talked about on on in, in terms of diversity or whatever, like we need to appeal to the people that don't otherwise have a voice. Yeah. That's what they've done. Oh, yeah. that's They've appealed to people who have like migrated here post-war and maybe had a few kids that have, probably do have a lot of intergenerational trauma. They're fucking Nazis bombed their village or whatever. <laughs> and they're coming here, you know, and they're coming here setting up a fruit shop. 
I don't know. I don't know my history. Historically accurate. Something like that. Basically, yes. Actually, Italy and Germany were on the same. They were Nazis. They yeah. were, they we like were, to forget that. They were both fascists. So, so were Croatians. So, you know, so, yeah. all right. <laughs> Fuck. The the British bombed their, their some village in Italy. Still, there was bombings happening. There's a lot of bombings. Regardless man. of what side you're on, <laughs> bombings aren't awesome. You know, Mussolini did some shit. The trains were no longer on time. They caught a ship with no money and maybe they had a couple of kids. They stayed close together and look, the the and who do you think is going to appeal to what the project? That's not going to appeal to them. That's the thing. I literally talk about this in my stand up now of like it's I have a whole bit about it of woke hasn't embraced the wogs yet. Which is so yeah. which is so strange to me. It's like, because I, 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 I honestly think they would be your core demographic. Like, if Woke was like, we're going to raise- That's what, how I do I'm like, we're going to raise Stavros's voice. <laughs> but the problem is that culture, the Woke culture, is, it hates that. It does they now. They don't want to be like, fuck uh, off, I don't need my voice the, raised. The, what are you talking about, you cunt? Like, it, they're very- until, Hey, dude, you've never given a Woke a microphone at a wedding. You have no idea yeah, how much yeah, we yeah, like true. our voice getting raised. But if it's in that victim way, that's not going to- No, that's the thing. It's not- I mean, now I think- But this is the thing. Now they wouldn't. If at the beginning yeah. of Woke, if it was included in one of the protected groups before it had that, like, air to it, mm. I feel like the Wogs also probably would have gotten on board before it became, like, this icky thing. Because now <laughs> it's very obviously like, oh, this is pity. This is victim mentality. Uh-huh. Now it's not going to work. But at the beginning of the core thing of being like, we want to talk about marginalized voices in society. Find me a better group than the Wogs. That live here. I mean, you, you, they're very working class. They would have dealt with a lot. I mean, my girlfriend's uh, Cypriot, half Cypriot, and her uh, grandfather fought in the war against Turkey. Yeah, lost all his siblings. Yeah, came here with saved up enough to come here, and then you know his, her dad was a kid then. Yep. So like legitimate refugees, but like within one generation, boom, like two, three houses. <laughs> Yeah, such a walk got to work, well. dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, dude, true, right? But that's okay, the thing. Like, with no money, and now I've got four houses. It's good you, on you, bro. But, but I'll, t- I'll tell you what I think it also <laughs> might be uh, is that wogs. I think because of that, vi- like the woke thing is usually synonymous with victim mentality. I don't think you, if you wanted to find a reason that society, w- like there was a problem against like marginalized groups in society, you wouldn't talk to wogs. Because wogs, wogs would be like Australia's been great to us. Well, because it's in there. It's it's also a class thing, but it's also what they've been through. I mean, it's in their blood. It's in their culture to not complain. Hmm. So they're like, no, it's fine. You just if someone calls you a, uh, what's the what? What are some of the other offensive words for wog? There were some other ones. Uh, uh, is there is there more? There, I think there were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A um. Like a guinea or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just seems so tame. Yeah, now. I know. it's so silly. <laughs> what the fuck, <laughs> you know. But- someone calls you guinea, you look them right in their face, you tell them to fuck off. Like that's the mentality, right? Yes. It's not like because then I think when more of the upper class, say Indians, um, came came to the uh, country and and just generally then like millennials were born, <laughs> they they <laughs> fucked it up. They were the ones that were like. No, but that's adopting a culture of, you know, uh, like like internalizing the racism and putting it on you when like that's a societal problem that they, that should be sorted out, which well, there's a certain truth to that. But um, 
it's too far gone. Like the experience in this, even going back to like the 50s all the way to the 80s before many of the other immigrant groups came in, mm. um, it was unheard. It was just no one, they found a way to, there was a whole generation that probably found a way to deal with it without without going on Q&A and having a sook, you yeah. know? Like they just <laughs> dealt with it. And now they have five houses. Yeah. <laughs> Every, it worked out for them. They, they're all rich. They were just like, all right, yeah. And I'm liberal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's like, it's really, I, I think it's a very interesting topic. Specific, specific Because like, WOGs, I, I think, are very proud to be in Australia. I think they came to a country that treated them very, very well. And so, if you try to get them to talk shit about Australia, I think- you might have a bit of a hard time. They probably have issues with like the current government or whatever the fuck. But most of them came over here, worked really hard and got rewarded for good work. It's going to be hard to talk to those people and get them to be like, yeah, there's obviously a fundamental issue in society. <laughs> like, like it just, and I also think the whole like, um, <laughs> like what? what you- <laughs> I just meant, like the idea of that. So I'm really beefed up. Like Italian guys <laughs> yeah, are like, yeah. You know, the thinking about the marginal <laughs> using all that academic language. I feel like half the people who use that esoteric language don't even know what they're saying. No, it's just private school kids. That's the thing. It's like it is. Yeah. This is it. Is like if you if we want to actually get people used to each other, just like so. It's like oh, I'm not above you. I'm not below you. This is like we all exist in the same space. Send your kid to a public school, just a co-ed, regular. Because <laughs> this is all all girls, all private school. Like all girls, all boys, private school kids coming up, growing up, and being like, well, actually, there's a real problem because we didn't have a brown girl at my school. It's like that's because your parents are rich and you've lived a very good life. It's like everybody else in the working class, we like each other. Yeah, where are you coming from? Because we're having a good time. It's like I can't remember a time. I mean, then again, because you, which area in Brisbane did you grow up in Logan? Okay, well, fuck. Yeah, that's what I'm that's saying. Working class, it's like as it gets, working right? class, It's like Kiwis, Wogs, Indians, Asians, all next to each other, and everyone comped and, and, the, and bogans and bogans and for, most importantly, the of bedrock, course, man. the bedrock. Gotta, it's, it's just like, the fat pizza cast, man. That's and boys and girls next to each other. Everyone got it. Yeah, it's like that doesn't mean that there wasn't bullying. It's like of course there was bullying. It's like. But everyone got it, no matter where you were from. It's like, apart from maybe the Maoris, they were bigger than all of us. No one made fun of the Maoris. No, but it's like, but it was it was character building when you had to play footy with them. Yeah, straight up, I all be in music class with them for some reason. <laughs> the fucking the most musically talented and savage motherfuckers. <laughs> yes, at the same time, <laughs> the kindest. And they like- could knock you out <laughs> and sing a beautiful ballad at your funeral. <laughs> But yeah, I feel I just feel like sometimes it's it's private school kids playing at it's class guilt. Yeah, because I don't. Uh, this is the thing. It's like I'm. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like again. I'm not. I'm not a fucking authority to speak on this. But like when I was a kid, I didn't think about race. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't. And now I'm an adult. I feel like it's. I'm like pressured into thinking about race where otherwise I just wouldn't have because I feel I'm like oh my offending people I don't want to be fucking weird, weird mm. about it I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable and the answer that I found so far is like is, if it's coming from love it's fine yeah I did think about race even as a kid just because I felt like I was uh, compelled to you know I right. remember thinking you know there was all the multicultural days and the, 
you were incentivized to amp up the racial component of your identity. When True. I did this presentation on Diwali, bro, my family doesn't even celebrate Diwali. <laughs> but the best is um, on a multicultural day, I came, I just took my grandmother's like Indian garb. Uh-huh. So this is not even for men. Uh-huh. I won an iPod, man. Like it was, <laughs> no, and then this was another one. Um, We had to bring in like a cultural dish. And my mom went to Coles, got the microwave, the, those samosas you can like microwave. No. I brought them in and then they were like, oh, Neil, your samosas, like, it's so, <laughs> they're so authentic. I'm like, they're 10 bucks from Coles. Oh, that's so <laughs> great. I we had to we had the multicultural day. I brought in fucking it's literally this is how easy it is to please Australians with food, by the way. That's literally is like Put some spice. Some spice, anything that just is like any some spice or some sugar, they're like, oh, this is amazing. Like <laughs> I, I brought in like um it's called Obladne. Okay. Which is just wafers. It's like a, a wafer cake, basically. It's like wafer, wafer, wafer with Condensed milk in between, condensed milk and almonds, like cr- no, no, okay. crushed up walnuts. Sorry, not almonds. Nice. And it's literally just that. It's like it costs maybe like ten cents to make one. And you, I just brought that to school, and everyone was like, "What the fuck is this?" Like they just couldn't <laughs> believe it. And it's like this is a this is a peasant food. You know what? I've never. I've been trying to make a joke about this. I just haven't found the punchlines. But how the fuck did the British Empire control? The most, the territories with the best cuisine and the best shit they've come up with is like Yorkshire pudding and fish and chips. It's like you colonize these people. You couldn't take their fucking spices. Like you, yeah. you made all your money from the spice trade. Why didn't you use some yeah, of it? You never tried to. Just- you never just put some turmeric <laughs> in the pudding. <laughs> like what yeah, is you this look shit? At, you Why look at so like valuable? popular British foods. It's like fish and chips is in the top three. Yeah, if fish fucked. and chips is in your top three dishes. You're lacking, you're, la- you're lacking cuisine in your culture. Especially because if you go to like an authentic fish and shit place, you're like, this is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is gross. Yeah. You, like they try to give you like vinegar with the chips. Copious like, what the fuck? amounts of salt for it yeah, to taste good. Like it's chicken salt. Awful. The, Br- the British, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I have no real opinions on the British. I like their accent. I feel like <laughs> that, that's the food to me of like various, I feel like at least- in all of Europe, all of the food is sort of shared culturally, I feel like, a little bit. Like, Serb food doesn't really distinguish a lot between Croatia. And then it starts going further and further into Russia. And it's like, it all starts sort of like blending into one another. Mm-hmm. But what's really interesting to me is that it's like, there are just two halves of the world that have their own very unique type of food. And then for some reason, yeah, England, nothing. Just nothing. <laughs> what a... Look, it's a credit to that little... That little part of the world that it managed to take over half the globe. It was a swamp, man. It was a swamp that got mauled by Vikings for centuries. Yeah. The Romans were were there for a while and then even they were like, we don't need to be here. There's nothing (laughs) right here. They made Stonehenge and then out of nowhere control half the world. No, it is impressive. I mean- Yeah, it is impressive. It, but avoiding just, all the shit that they did. It's impressive. Just on a magnitude level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like a little swamp, man. That is but- wild. <laughs> that is genuine. And it was all London. Like It's not like Ireland did any of that colonization. It was just London. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's- Yeah, fuck, man. Are you th- I'd never think about that. Because also I have this thing where I'm like, 
time started 25 years ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? For me, because that's why I was I'm like, that's when time started, whatever. But like to go back into hit, like I've been trying to get really into, like I've told you as well, it's like trying to get into like Serb documentaries about like mm. the war, pre the war, what we were doing in like the early 1900s. None of it makes sense. None of it. I don't understand it's geopolitics and yeah. any. It's so much, especially because it's like so fucking just like oh well, this just relationship twentieth century as with well. the Prussian Empire and the Ottoman whatever. And it's we just like- also we also think history started two thousand and twenty two years ago. There was there was yeah. ten thousand years of civilization that is just not. Well, if you believe really in the Bible well like I do, you know exactly when it started. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, even then, there's two thousand years since. Bloody Eve ate that apple. Yeah. No, wait. When did... Well, what's the chronology of that? Did Adam and Eve happen... Okay, that must... That's so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> did that happen... That would have happened before Jesus, right? Oh, fuck. That's a great question. And, like, when did the flood... Ha- what's the chronology of all those stories? I like to think that they happen in the multiverse at the same time. <laughs> they all happen concurrently. No because... <laughs> one second. Okay, so the apple has to have been eaten first... Yes, because that creates sure, people. Of course, that must have been that. And that then, creates so people. Then, Jesus then, comes like way later. Yeah, he comes into like right, Bible right. number so there was seven. The, there was, an, there was an, okay, okay. So have you ever, no one all that. Have you ever talked to like a heavily like religious person about this stuff? Uh, not about this specifically. I've talked to um, religious people about more about just today and the culture and mm. what's happening and, and what what their position is in the in in the modern world because now they're um, for for young people they're arguably a minority i mean a lot of people will say i'm a christian but i mean i can't really talk you know they're going fingering people on the saturday night then go to church like yeah come on bro and (laughs) well technically it's not in in the commandments (laughs) i'm fasting (laughs) i'm giving up pingers for seven days yeah Yeah. um (laughs) but uh yeah talking to uh, you know, you know, passionately Christian people. It's very informative, and I feel less, way less threatened than when I do talking to people who are also secular, but are just mm. um really far gone along ideological lines. Or yeah, I feel like there's more judgment. Oh, dude, totally. from people who are. Uh, atheist than there is from Christians. Yeah, bro, because, I mean, what, you've never talked to a Mormon, how friendly they are? It's because they know their vibe, like, like not their vibe, but, like, the stigma around them. Yeah. I feel like that's, it's like, because I have friends that are heavy Christians, and they're the loveliest people, but they also hold that thing very down low, because they're just like, (laughs) I don't know how you're going to take this, and sometimes they'll slip it into conversation, and I try to encourage it, because I'm like- yeah, bro. Say it, yeah. Talk about it. Because it's interesting. Like, I've sat down with friends and read the Bible. They're like, I would love for you to sit down with me and read the Bible. And I'm like, I'll read the fucking Bible with you. Why not? <laughs> Did I- you say, I'll read the fucking Bible? I'll read the Bible. fucking Bible I'll with read you. the fucking Bible like with you. Can't- <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like that part is- Because this is the thing. I'm like, if you're such a nice person and you're inviting me to do something like this, I'm not going to be a dick and say no. I'm like, well, fuck it. We stay open. We stay open extraordinarily generous humble kind people in my experience and this right here this is the difference between like the two religions actions versus words it's it comes down to that well it it, that actions versus words maybe that actually envelops what i was going to say because i was just going to say like the way you invite people in you know what i mean it's like it's i feel like with the 
like I hate being the dude. Like I feel like with the woke people, like, <laughs> but like it's podcast. It's more of like a prove yourself, prove yourself to yeah. join the club. Yeah, and it's it's a Whereas, you know they'll forgive like a, a, a murderer <laughs> or like a a drug dealer that assaulted someone. Be like, wait, the, the criminal justice system needs to forgive that. But like, if you said the wrong word, yeah, no forgiveness. Yeah, but whereas I feel like makes sense. Religious groups are very much like, hey, well, the, it's it's baked into the thing. God loves you already, so and I'm an extension of Him, so I love you too. Yeah, it's very positive, but it's almost sometimes it's off-putting how positive it is. But that could be me. It is sometimes off-putting. Churches sometimes I'm like, ooh, it just feels very cultish. But I mean, it is. It, it, yeah, it is. It is. That's true. But um, I just feel like if you had to choose one, oh, hands down. The yeah, if we're talking the two ideologies, well, because you know that religion has lasted for a long period of time, obviously for a reason. There's yeah, it's something got to power. it. You know, there's clearly something to it. Whereas this is all very new. Yeah, you're betting and on Bitcoin. Exa- if you go- yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at it now. So, yeah, I definitely. Like, if I, I was talking to Jordan about this, actually, I think, um, but. If you had kids, Catholic school seems to be like a good bet. I mean, public is good, but okay, I guess I was talking about it more in the context of an American school system where what are they going to be taught at the public school, dude? Like, I kind of don't want them to be taught there's like a hundred genders and age five you know, because kids are very impressionable. I want there to be this broad acceptance movement and, hey, some people are like this, some people are like this, accept everyone and, you know, be, yeah, sure, be yourself. But yeah. I don't I don't want some of that yeah, really I'm, extreme stuff I get being that, taught, man. I don't want them to be taught that they are a victim either. Yeah. And, and of the options- I mean, Catholic schools have their problems. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, yeah, I, yeah. I'm struggling to think of a couple right now. But, but that's yeah. how shit. The other. That's how skeptical I am of the others. Like I'm willing to take risk a risk. My kid being sexually assaulted <laughs> than being taught. I would say that, that you need to investigate gender. that within yourself, brother. <laughs> I know that you say it like that. Sure. <laughs> but if I was guaranteed. That he's not getting diddled. Then yes. hands down. Because yeah. then the private school, like, all right, maybe. But then you do get, like, that, that is a very different culture and vibe. But I don't think I could afford that anyway now. So. Yeah, well, I feel like it's, maybe it's different because, like, the, I guess just in the two countries it's different. Because I would not think of a public school here as something that's, like, and yeah. now we're going to teach you about. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I guess not yet. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm honestly, depending on when I have kids, I might just take my kids out into the forest. To Serbia. To te- <laughs> yeah, teach them to hunt. I've heard the Serbian, because I was seeing a girl who was Serbian for a while, and she said the schools there are way stricter, and you actually learn more things. I mean- Oh, yeah, most, they're smart. Most uh, education systems outside of the West are actually performing far better, yeah. which is the job opportunities are lacking, but the literacy and numeracy rates, and these are in countries that English isn't even- <laughs> The fucking language. Yeah, and they teach English. That's the other yeah. thing where it's like, also, you need to compete with these lazy fucks over here, so we're going to teach you English while we're at it. Yeah, yeah. The education here is pretty abysmal, but it's not to do- Like, I know a lot of teachers, and they work themselves to the bone, man. They they mm. work really hard, and, and they want what's best, but it's the culture around it, and so many kids have uh, learning difficulties now, yeah. and a lot of people don't really know why, but it's 
theorize that it's the the microplastics, all the different um, chemicals that are, you know, contributing to that. Right, like that Teflon shit? Yeah, yeah, things like that. It's just a buildup of all of those sorts of things. And How long do you think we have left? Well, I also saw another thing the other day which made a good point, which was it was just a meme, but it was like, you know, my grandfather full of lead back in the 50s <laughs> still lived to 70, <laughs> me full of microplastics. Every generation has their thing, you know. There's, yeah. there's, there would have been people at the turn of the century growing up with lead, just basically breathing in toxic fumes their whole life, dying at 30. You know True. what? They were fine. <laughs> I mean, they weren't, but they had kids no, they by were, the time they were 30. <laughs> so, they did their so, Yeah, look, right now, I don't know because no one's having kids. So, um, and I can't see that turning around because, it's yes, it's economic in the sense that houses are very expensive and just, you know, the, the gender roles changing have actually uh, – reduce the incentive for some people to who would have otherwise had basically nothing to do it's like oh, okay i'm 25 i've got to have kids but uh there's just so many factors at play and then yeah. some people not having it because of the environment and you know when birth rates go down it's not good for a country are the birth rates going down yeah yeah well in western countries then the population is stabilizing because of immigration Oh, right. And even when immigrants come here, the statistics do show that they don't necessarily have some immigrant groups do. Like mm-hmm. Muslim immigrants all have like five kids. Mad. <laughs> Stay strong, brothers. Yeah, but um, uh, most still then just have a similar birth rate to the uh, um, natural population. Certain kind, In Europe, it's really low. Oh, true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gone down. It, Russia, actually, it's, ve- it's been very low for a long time. And Are you going to have kids? I want to, yeah. Yeah. Are you? I'd like to. I would like to. I don't think I would do it in this city. Yeah. If I could afford a... Re- like, you'd have to be really rich to do it in Sydney. You, I mean, obviously... I mean, if money wasn't an issue, I, I still don't think I would do it in Sydney. Yeah? Okay. I think it would have to... I, I would like to just be like, you know what? We're going to the sunshine somewhere just like... So a lot of people doing that. Somewhere where it's like you can have a backyard, live, grow up in a place where no, like you can actually get to know the community. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? I know what you mean, yeah. I want to do that. It takes a village shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, that does sound good. I'd imagine like there's good and bad, man, because you got to think about if I'm still doing comedy, it's going to be hard to do that Yeah, in, you know, Wagga Wagga or wherever the fuck. But <laughs> that's, dude, yeah. have you heard of the concept of white flight? No, what's this? So it's just a lot of white people leaving and it's happened in other Western countries, but uh, a lot of white people leaving capital cities and going settling in settling in satellite cities and and all the immigrants settling in the capital cities so you get these massively different cultures i mean look at Mm. sydney that's already happened there's uh been a a horde of people that have left particularly the working class western suburbs areas of sydney yeah and you know they have transformed culturally in a very short period of time that is very interesting all the pubs became mosques man and (laughs) i'm not saying it's a bad thing but like if you grew up in a certain environment and you saw that you might want to go to an environment that's more um that you're used to yeah and i also heard something like 40 percent of the residents in sydney have migrated here after the sydney olympics which is huge because the population growth hasn't grown 40%. What's happened is there's been a lot of um, people in Sydney. And I, and I know everyone hates it when we just do Sydney-specific conversations and we're just like, dude, you live in fucking 
what? Logan, Brisbane. Gimpy. Like, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> all the other cities follow the trends anyway. Yeah. They follow these trends. Well, it's also hard to ignore. Sydney's such a big city. It's like, what are you not going to talk about the biggest city in Australia? Yeah. And so what tends to happen is, is uh, what's already happened is Sydney's just like a hotbed of um, new migrants and then all the surrounding satellite cities are still, you know, qu- very white, which whether that's a problem or not is another conversation but mm. you do feel like a very different culture when you even just go to like your Wollongong or your Newcastle again I'm not it's not a bad thing or anything but yeah I just wonder how healthy that is for the society at large kind of should be a bit I mean they're now they're doing an immigration policy I think where uh, they're trying to settle refugees and migrants in basically just don't go to Sydney or Melbourne. They're just like, they're like, you can go regional and part of the regional areas was Perth. Oh, oh all right. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a city of 1.8 Regional million. to the rest of Australia. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like living on a farm, mate. <laughs> and so, Could you imagine you're a refugee that's come from another country to Australia, you get put in Perth just for Perth to secede? And like they're like, fuck you. Yeah, they, they put you in Adelaide. They're like, I'm getting back on the boat. No, thank you. I, I am risking my life again. I didn't come here for this. Dude, I wanted to ask you as well, because I think uh, an instinct sometimes is to, you know, when the mics go into like, be like, it's like, all right, let's talk some shit. Fucking find things to complain about. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Let's go. Is this something... Well, this is, I wanted to do the, do the opposite of that. I think, is there something now that you are really, really happy with? Like, is there something happening with culture now that makes you go like that right there? That gives me hope. That's awesome. I immediately, my mind's gone to actually the comedy scene, which I feel was far more restrictive five years ago. Right. Yeah. And it could be because I was sort of a bit more within the bubble and it just feels freer now. I mean, I actually feel comfortable posting videos where I'm making jokes about even the LGBT community or whatever. Whereas if I had even done that five years ago, I'm not going to name names, but you could probably guess the usual culprits are going to snip that out and post it to their stupid little groups being like yeah. and make their, these sarcastic comments. And um, I... I it could also be just an evolution of me. Like, I, I kind of gained a bit of respect having been in the game so long mm-hmm. when I was just that new internet guy. But that's a very, that, you know, that's just sort of on a very macro level, I guess. Broadly speaking, um, I, it's so, it's so chaotic, man. It's, you see some things where you're like, oh, that seems good. And then you see some things where you're like, uh, nope. <laughs> so, well, that's what I mean. I feel like because it's very easy to get overwhelmed by all the negative shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I just like sometimes it's, not, I, I, I wonder if there's anything that the people I know look around at and go, like, that gives me hope. That's a cool thing. I like that. Well, I don't think, I don't think the comedy it's one is as a good one. Catastrophic as maybe. I might seem to make it out sometimes. Like, I just think people are, you know, that the, I guess, progressive culture, and there's so many factors that are contributing to the culture of, I, you know, latter millennials and, and early Gen Z today. But mm. uh, I, there are things completely out of our control as well. You're looking at just very disruptive technological change. 
you're looking at an increasingly competitive jobs market that, to be fair to the left, is is widely due to things like globalization. But then also, to be fair to the right, it's uh, it is a sort of degradation of, I guess, the family unit and family values and things like that. But all of these things have conspired to just make the average relative like cost of living and life for a millennial and a, and a Gen Z person, we've got a lot of things that are cheaper and that's because of, you know, competition and technological change. You can get like TVs way cheaper than you would have in the in the 70s or whatever. You yeah. get a lot of just things that are just way cheaper. But the big things, you know, your, your house. You and still have no purpose. Family and just these sort of things are now out of reach for a lot of people. There's this wonderful YouTube channel I listen to, What If Alt Hist? Um, what if alternate history? Uh-huh. And he recently had a debate with. Do you know Vosh? No. Yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah, but he's just. He's, what do you mean you wouldn't? What are you talking he's, about? This is neckbeard on on Twitch. That's just. I like, watch more shit than just Yu Gi Oh clips on YouTube. Sometimes yeah. Jordan Peterson pops up. You wouldn't know. Yeah, that was a very. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course you. Yeah, wouldn't. you probably fucking would. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jordan hates him, but yeah, yeah. To be Vosh. fair, he actually probably was a lot better in the debate, but. He, he made some very sly tactics. But anyway, this guy made a good point in one of his videos where he said, 30 years ago, The Simpsons came out and it was a satire of how you can be just a complete buffoon and still get a well-paid job, have a beautiful wife, three kids that go to a decent school, a, a daughter that's going to become going to Harvard or, you know, whatever. And yeah. you just live what you would call the Western dream, the American dream, the Australian dream or whatever. Now, it's not as bad in Australia. In Australia, it's uh, still very, quite achievable. But in America, from what I'm hearing, yeah, that's now out of reach. <laughs> like yeah. that, that was like a dope. Homer is a is a fucking idiot. Yeah, he's and like he had this amazing clinically life. stupid. Like, and, and you know they they were aware of that, like with the Frank Grimes episode, which has got to be one of the best ever. But yeah. um, th- there's just all these factors: cultural, economic, uh, global, just so many factors that are coming together to make that in the space of one generation. That is now, hmm. it's it's a very hard dream <laughs> to achieve, oh, yeah. right? Oh, big time. That, but that's the thing. It's like when I, when I start to talk about stuff like that, it feels so like it's hard to feel like there's any solution. You know what I mean? It's like, where the fuck do you even begin? Like, how do you get away from that without just feeling completely helpless? Well, yeah, you're not, you're not wrong, man. There's just, just so many factors at play. But at the same time, it is a very sometimes, you know, it's sort of cosmopolitan Sydney-centric conversation in a lot of the, the other places that's not out of, that's, that's very achievable, yeah. actually. And that's what everyone does. So, um, it's, it's, there's been certain promises, I guess, to a certain, to, to the middle class, maybe, and to the white collar to people who didn't got a degree and there was a certain promise, you know, you could climb the corporate ladder and you, you can get on these apps and have a lot of fun and be free and, mm. and fuck and just, <laughs> and like be happy and, you know, live in there, you know, be an agent for social change. And yeah, that's not what happened. Everyone no. was depressed and people are like going on those apps cause they're often broken inside Yeah, and no one, People probably do want to settle down and find someone, but they're so jaded and their guards are so up and, you know, you, you just don't know what you're going to get now culturally as well. So, there's just all these other factors and 
yeah, it's making people kind of miserable, man. Do you think that the cost for convenience is a pandemic of anxiety? What do you mean? Like when I was talking to, I was talking to a plumber at work and he was like, he was like, oh, you young. He's like, he just all the boomer points of being like, mate, you can get, you can get a pad tie delivered to your door. What worst thing you have to do is stand up and you walk to the door. It's like, what are you complaining about? And I was like, I have no purpose. <laughs> yeah, it's that. You know what I mean? It's like, it's I have that thing. Yeah. I, I am so worried about how people perceive me and where the future is going to be for me and what I'll end up being or if I'll die alone homeless. Yeah, it's like, dude. That's If I had to trade that in for just walking to go get the pad time, <laughs> in a heartbeat, I would. There's a mismatch, isn't there? Because, like, no one's arguing that, yeah, our life is far more convenient than how boomers would have had it. Yeah. We're not arguing that. Like, yeah, you, you guys got bullied. We probably didn't as yeah. much. I'm sure you got bullied. The f- not something to be proud of, right? <laughs> it shows. You got a few too many concussions there. Yeah. But- um. What's not easy for, I think, our uh, generation is the things that they would have just sort of been subsumed into without their knowledge, which is the, the deeper questions of meaning and purpose yeah. and livelihood. And yeah. that is where I think then you maybe uh, uh, you transfer that onto easy things and, you've, and you get annoyed at little things. And, and you know, like I, coming back to the, the sort of people who maybe are hyper vigilant and and extremely vocal about social and political issues are probably people that are lacking a certain significance of meaning in their life. Um, one of the US congressmen made a tweet that was just so brutal, but, man, there was a kernel of truth in it. And he, and he's a total, he's like a pedophile in that. Or what, I don't endorse this guy, Mad. but. Um, <laughs> Love that. But you know me, like I'm willing to send my kids to. It's a good quote. A good hey, quote's a good quote. Really that bad, man. It toughens the kids up. <laughs> Rather than having 75 genders, what? man. He's a pedophile? Oh, oh, touch sorry, him. I thought you said oh, he was dick. non-binary. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's like, because there's all this abortion stuff going on in America and there's a protest going on. You're going to tweet argument with Mia Khalifa for people. <laughs> and then he's like, how many of these um, women at these uh, abortion protests are overeducated, underloved millennials going home to a microwave dinner all by themselves with no matches on Bumble? And it was like, oh, Jesus oh, Christ, savage. Holy fuck. But, you, but I couldn't help but feel there's a kernel of truth in that. Not and then completely Mia correct. Like, Mia Khalifa was like, um, oh, well, conservatives don't deserve to hit it raw anyway. <laughs> it's <laughs> a good comeback that's funny um yeah well no i feel like the the purpose chat is a good one and like because i'll tell you what else it is is that suffering is also meaning it is and there's no suffering anymore for, for a lot of people for a lot yeah. of people sorry for a lot of people and, well it's suffering for not it's suffering towards non-meaningful causes it's suffering yeah working 10 hours a day to make money for Netflix. <laughs> so, you try to find so you meaning. Get a so you get yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's something about that where it's like, I feel like because we're removed from suffering, we've lost a lot of the meaning. And so, then you do have- And I'll tell you what, that's why people say like- Like, that's why you have comedians being like, um, like I won't perform at universities. It's like, because they're all too woke there. They're all too woke. It's like, or like there's real, it's like all this woke stuff. It came from the universities. No one's ever like, hey, I, I refuse to perform at TAFEs. 
<laughs> you know point. what I mean? It's a good point. It's like because yeah, it's like it's your you're in it, you're in the working class. I feel I feel Gee. like there's just something about that that connects you to a meaning where if you're if you're maybe born in into the intelligentsia that you find suffering in things that aren't really Yeah. Currently totally. super urgent. Totally. If you are born in the nineties and two thousands, especially if you're male, get a get a trade, bro. Like yeah, do don't it. unless you if you're really Gifted academically, you might want to do a medicine or something. But yeah. if you're going to do these mid-tier degrees of journalism, media, Fuck business, you know, just get, go and get some experience, Dude, get a trade. I wish someone told me that when I was in grade 10 because the TAFE guy would come through and be like, who wants to come with me? And we'd yeah. all be like, fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> we're all going to be millionaires, all right? Get the fuck. And now I'm like, I wish I could build tables. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Being I wish I could is, make this and a, sell it to someone for money. In an era of inflation, the more, you know, I feel so useless. Whenever you have to call a tradie as a grown man, it's like you feel so useless, man. It's like I still fuck up like because at work, I'm, it's, I'm basically like Sammy the handyman there. Yeah. And like every now and again, my boss would be like, can you go get me the hex head drive a bit? And I'd uh. be like. Hexhead. I'll be like, which one's that again? <laughs> right. And he'll be like, that one over there. But oh, true. I feel like a bitch the entire time. And I've gotten a lot better at it. Yeah. But I just wish that I could. Because like sometimes, I don't know if you feel like this. Sometimes I have this thing where I'm like, I wish I wasn't the product. What do you mean? Like, because we like with stand up and like podcasting, all these things and like fucking TikTok, all this shit. Yeah. You're the product. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? And I feel like I, sometimes I wish I had this thing where I could be like, I'm just the thing that made the product and I can stand yeah. next to it at a market stall and play Angry Birds on my iPad and look up every now and again and be like 45 bucks and then go back down. Okay. And you can take it or you can leave it. You know what I mean? No, no, I don't no, have yeah. to stand by the table and be like, let me tell you the funny thing about this fucking table. Yeah, you know what I mean? True, true, true. At the same time, grass is always greener, man. Like I'm sure if we did a day as a- Try to be oh, like one day, be like, "Fuck that!" I'd hate I'm, it. I'm going back to TikTok. My man. first callus. I'd <laughs> yeah. be like, "I hate this." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, dude. It's just the 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 lack of purpose, the lack of meaning, is a big big problem. Um, and I just, ironically enough, with a sort of big tragedy or with you know really. Um, horrific uh, economic conditions that can be sometimes where that meaning Dude, comes yeah. around but you don't want to wish for something like that no, so of course not but i i always think about like those wartime photos <laughs> of like soldiers getting shipped off to sea and they're hanging out of the windows to like say goodbye to their wives and it's like that level of love i don't think you can attain now probably not yeah like that it's like th which obviously you don't want a war <laughs> to find meaning but <laughs> <laughs> but you can't argue when you look at those things you're like fuck man does this mean like what does this do it's like surely are we meant to like that's when i get into it, I'm like are we meant to fuck each other up all the time like are we meant to have <laughs> real conflict all the time just so we can remember get what's it good system it's like because a utopia obviously we're never going to get to like we're no, that's true so, are we just supposed to build things to fuck them up, to build things to fuck them up? And are we just now in the fucking up phase? Well, yeah, there's a, that, that's a big philosophical question, I think. It's, you know, are humans, is, is, it, is the human condition naturally in a state of conflict or not? 
or is the conflict uh, brought about by societal mechanisms of power and culture? That's the big yeah, yeah. F- philosophical conversation there. But look, man, you're not. You're right. I don't. I don't think a war would is the answer necessarily yeah, a viable option right now, at least. But um, maybe I'll tell you what the culture war is. What people actually are finding meaning in, like actually fighting against things that they disagree with ideologically. It's where there's yeah. a huge. Um, but when do you get to come home from that? Well, they don't. That's it's on the, you Twitter know? all the time. I think that's the thing. It's like. Temp- uh, temporary suffering for meaning is a good exchange. Constant suffering is a prison. Yeah, of course. Yeah, if you're if if the suffering is leading towards something and you can you can sort of clearly discern that, then that's a very meaningful life. But if the suffer if you just live in you know you're just in servitude, that's not well, meaningful. That's what I'm saying is like, do you think that's why everyone just so fucking up here all the time is because the suffering never ends it's always there's another thing to fight for tomorrow we didn't even finish that one yesterday fuck it we're moving on to the next one and then tomorrow and then the day after that there's no like okay we did it you know what i mean yeah there isn't a clear victory yeah it's always like tear down this bring down that there's another problem it's never it's the St. George's thing. Hey, let's take a year off. We've done pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> We've done for the last 50 years. We've achieved a lot. Yeah. Let's, let's let the, let's the have other a side go crazy for let's, a while. Let's smell the roses of our victories for a second. Because there have been yeah, a lot of victories. Happen. There's been a lot. On both sides. I mean, I feel like if I was if I was like heavy on the left, I'd be like, this is sick. Look how far we came in like five years. Yes or no, because there's a huge counter-reactionary force that's uh, on their doorstep God now. damn you, Neil Kulhatko. But, yeah, because it's not about um, the actual change, really. It's about their source of meaning and, and purpose in their life, which yeah. they don't want to lo- lo- lose that. If they take a year off, they're taking a year off what yeah. gives them purpose. You don't. You just don't do well, that. that's what I'm saying about the St. George's Syndrome. That's what that is. Just, it, it is, You yeah. slayed the big dragon and then smaller dragons and then smaller dragons and now the village is like, I think St. George has lost it. <laughs> and yeah. now you don't really hold the same status that you did in the village before because you, you already slayed the dragon. Thank you. But now you're just around the village fucking up lizards. Yeah, you're the retired footy player. Yeah. You're the yeah. Reliving the glory days through yeah. killing a gecko. Yeah, you can't charge into big prop forwards anymore, so now you just drink. <laughs> now that's, that's all you got going. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, well, we'll, we'll do another one in um, another few months. I'm sure Jordan will be busy all right. soon ne- enough. Next time, I will know more about politics. I think you know a fair bit. I think you're wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, final prediction for the. Okay. Well, this this is going to be. This will be the second part. But uh, mm-hmm. so this will be eight days after the election. Mm-hmm. Who do you reckon? Who's your Who's your tip? Um, you a betting I, man. I uh, I I am a betting man. I. I mean, the funniest take is to say that. Clive Palmer's going to take it out, but I'm not going to do. No, I think the I think the legit the legit that would be so wild. But um, also that's another thing. Why are all our leaders fat, dude? We are so desperate for just anyone with an ounce of charisma. Yeah, is it that hard to find a single politician with a we bit don't have, of we with don't, a bit of 
you know, looks and we, charisma. We don't have anyone charismatic, so we settle for Jolly. I think that's it. Yeah. We settle for, hey, guys, how you going? Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's just, can we get one fucking just like, they're all they're all fat. They're all varying <laughs> degrees of the same Pokemon. All our charismatic people go into acting. Imagine yeah. if it was like Hemsworth versus Hemsworth. Dude, that'd be <laughs> mad. <laughs> Hemsworth. That'd be sick. All the Hemsworths were the leaders of the party. That'd be fucking dope. I would be so- Because it would be nice to have like a, oh yeah, fuck it. That's our guy. That, but no one reps- That's the thing. No one reps Scott Morrison. That's actually- And that leads me to my real actual prediction. I think it's going to be Albanese specifically because I don't think anyone really gives a fuck enough about Scott Morrison. <laughs> I think, that, like I said earlier in the in the last, well, in the last part, there, there's it's going to come down to who's more hated rather than who's more likable because yeah. that'll determine the order of which they put Labor and Liberal. And I think Albanese will just scrape in. We'll have to do some sort of deals with a few independents, I reckon. Although mm-hmm. they've said they don't they don't want to do that, and Liberals are more likely to do the deals, but. Uh, also, I think in WA and Queensland, a few of those seats might swing back to Labor. Mm. Um, and I don't think Labor will get like a majority of votes in some of those seats, but the people that are going to vote for your UAPs or your One Nations will probably put Labor higher than Liberal. Right. And as a result, that might just get enough Labor candidates to get to that slight majority in the House. Right, 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 right. And that's my prediction. But uh, the Senate will be a total mess. And it'll probably be a one-term government and that'll be it. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that's, again, I think it's just people are going to be like, the people that would usually be like, doesn't fucking matter who you vote for, man. It's all the same shit. I feel like they're just be like, give me the other one. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Fuck it. Who cares? It's four years. It's going to be the same shit. I'll try the other guy for a second. Yeah. Yeah. The other one with the Aussie nickname. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. This is this, like a, this one will be coming in out. out over a week after, so we'll right. engage whether we're correct or not. But uh, Alex, it's been a pleasure. Dude, it's good to be here. Thank you for uh, coming back and uh, subbing in for Jordan. Of course, Keen. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, go check out Alex on on all his socials. What are, what are all your socials? Alex Malinkovic on Instagram, um, A L E K S, and. Uh, the same on TikTok. Although I don't, I need to. I don't really post on TikTok as much as I do on Instagram. Gonna amp that up. Yeah, I know. I know. Good algorithm. I'm just gonna start building tables. Seems like a good life. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. There's not a changing table algorithm every year. No, exactly. You can just sell tables. Mm. the The market doesn't start going like we thought you would like. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Well, yeah. bring me along, man. Um, I will do. Uh, Thanks again for listening, guys. Come see us live, comedyuntamed.com. Alex is often at the shows. Shows in Melbourne, Brisbane, Newcastle, Western Sydney, and, of course, Sydney. So come along. Get some meaning in your life with some laughter. And, uh, <laughs> That's a good way to market it. Slash podcast if you want to send in a question, topic, or shout-outs. And I'll be back with Jordan next week. Thanks, guys. <laughs>